Hi, this is Declan Shalvey, uh, artist, former artist of Moon Knight, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 289, and you are with your hyper-self, Conchu Ray. Hello, if I can get my words out. And uh, joining me tonight is a very special guest. Look, I counted, Sparky, about maybe three years, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, a, a big welcome, listeners. You're probably wondering who. Sparky Malaki, welcome back to the show. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolute. An absolute pleasure. Uh, loony listeners, we're doing something. Well, this is a, a segment of ours. If you look up into the night sky, it is a waxing gibbous. And so we are looking at an other side of the moon. And that basically means any of the past or present Moon Knight alumni, we're looking at their their other work, uh, just to to give loonies a, a little bit more of a, a flourish as to what the likes of your favourite Moon Knight writers or artists are up to. And so tonight we'll be looking at um, we'll be looking at Bog Bodies by Declan Shelby. Now I am so stoked to have Sparky here because uh, Sparky, I I understand that you are a, a big Declan Shelby fan. Yeah, I am. I've been a fan of his work um, for years now, and I am lucky enough to actually be able to consider Declan a, a pretty good friend. That is so awesome. So, I mean, I couldn't resist, as I mentioned, Sparky off air, couldn't resist to, to ask you to come on board and, and bring your expertise on, on Bog Bodies. I mean, it, it's a great little novel and we will get to that as well uh, also as well I'm alluding to the fact that uh, it has been I think about three years uh, Sparky you well, first off you've supplied one of the very first bare bones for uh, ITK back in the day you narrated the issue 14 I believe of the Jeff Lemire run oh my goodness um, yeah it seems like yeah. a lifetime ago doesn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I remember um just touching base with you and going oh look hi you know would you be keen and and you're so accommodating because I know on Twitter uh, you know you're you're a great uh, a big Moon Knight fan um been part of the group for quite a long time and then Shortly after that, Sparky, we did. It, it's never surfaced, unfortunately. It's an it unfinished opus. Yeah, um, we did an, an Isla Ra, I remember it, uh, with oh, you. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, we started to do it. We had a whole little kind of skit happening at the beginning. Uh, this was around the time that my, my, little, my little son, Finn, was, you know, like a newborn. And so he kind of cried up a storm and we had to cancel it um which yeah felt really bad <laughs> no that's totally fine I mean life really comes at you fast um yeah we, we all had a lot going on so um yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean because we were talking from from memory uh we we're talking about because you're a fantastic cosplayer we're oh thank about you that yeah <laughs> and how you got into moon into moon night all that sort of thing um but yeah I always felt sad that we weren't able to finish it so maybe who knows maybe in the down the track if you're if you're keen um we can uh start afresh and and do i, I still do the isla rise but they're um 
they're at the mercy of a new moon, I think. So not that common. But uh, when they are, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to have a good old chat with, with some of the guests. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it would be interesting to hear. I think I still have the list of your Isla Ra books. I'll have to dig it up. <laughs> um, before any of that, of course, a a big thank you to our sponsors, all the Patronis. Uh, so a big thank you for all your support, as well as our principal sponsors, Drew Toombs, Daniel Doing, and Frank, the Think Tank. Also, a big thank you to CLZ Comics by Collectors and Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois. So here we are, Sparky, um, here to do an other side of the moon. Uh, before we get going, I mean, I guess I'd like to ask, um, what kind of draws you to, to Declan Shelby's type of writing or art? I mean, predominantly art, right? Right, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think uh, many people know him mostly as an artist, um, but I think his writing uh, lately has just been really chock full of a sort of I mean Declan he's a he's a really good down-to-earth humble guy right and I feel like his writing it has so much of him in it at times even if the subject matter is something um a little out of the ordinary in terms of um like some of his some of the more supernatural elements of the stories and like bog bodies for example is a crime book at its face um so it's not something uh that many people (laughs) really deal with uh in their day-to-day life but i feel like declan's able to um infuse a lot of the grounded um kind of street level like real world elements in terms of how people act and of course like he's uh, one of the most well-known um, Irish artists, I think, in the comic book world. So just seeing a lot of that um, culture and like Irish flavor in the writing mm-hmm. in, a, in a genuine way, like in an authentic way, is just mm-hmm. really enjoyable. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Uh, I certainly, I mean, he, I've loved his art ever since. And uh, for, for newer Moon Knight fans who might be listening now, who might not be too accustomed to all the runs in Moon Knight. I mean, the link with Declan Shelby and Moon Knight was uh, that he was, he was part of that seminal run with Warren Ellis of 2014, uh, so much so that a lot of uh, the influences can be seen in the TV show, which just wrapped up. Uh, which, incidentally, Sparky, what did, you, what did you think of the show, the series? Oh, my goodness. So, of course, uh, <laughs> you know I'm biased, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, sorry. Very early in the morning over here, and I still got that that uh, nice morning throat going on. Um, yeah, I am I am such a fan of the character. So of course, like going in, I was like, all right, I'm sure I'm going to love this show. Like I want it to succeed. I'm here for it. But it really surprised me. I was really impressed. I thought that it it took the character in, in a, a different kind of um, direction than I was used to from the comics, but there was still so much of that comic influence in it that I was able to uh, still be surprised and delighted by some of the newer aspects, but also I got to enjoy, as you said, all of the influences, uh, like with Declan Shalvey's character designs and art and a lot of the stuff from the Jeff Lemire run um, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorites. 
Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it's just, I'm sure everyone on the, um, on the, the Moon Knight fandom sphere can uh, agree that it's been just so delightful to see. It's almost, it's almost vindicating in a way, you know, to be such a big fan of this, uh, this character that's been considered so obscure for so long. And now like we can get t-shirts I know, with them on, crazy. you know, like there's all sorts of, there's art out there now. Um, people are like really love the character and it's just been so delightful. It's, it's crazy. I mean, not only, I mean, yeah, the merch really. I mean, there's a flood of like action figures and Funkos and we're getting, you know, reprints of all the collections, which is fantastic. And it, yeah, it is a bit surreal, isn't it? That this character that many fans have followed for a long time or maybe have just come on board, but it's quite a niche um, character. It's weird that yeah, he's he's such big name to him, like you know Oscar Isaac and obviously oh, Disney Plus. It's yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, th- there were there are departures uh, from the comic book, but yeah, it, it sounds like you you took that in your stride, Sparky. Like you know Stephen Grant and the way that Mister Knight kind of functions in the in the MCU. Yeah, I felt that those changes, uh, particularly of course with Stephen Grant. Um, added something new to it. And I've, I've been uh, trying my best to kind of view the MCU itself as um, kind of like the ultimates in a way, like from the comic perspective, yeah. like it's a whole other uh, universe, right? So mm-hmm. things can be different and we can, it's like, oh, well, that's just this character, like the version of this character in this world. Um, so like making yeah. Stephen Grant uh, based in London, and having that that connection between the Mr. Knight persona, the Mr. Knight alter uh, costume connected to Steven was, yep. I thought, really creative and something that I never would have considered before. But I actually really liked it. Yeah, it, it seemed to fit, didn't it? Uh, they spoke about it in the Assembled, the making of and just how it was interesting how Stephen Grant was meant to have the Moon Knight costume and Mark was meant to have the suit, but it just makes sense. Like Stephen yeah. being British. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I was yeah. trying to imagine what it would have been like if they had kept their original idea. And it just, yeah. it does not have the same like kind of nice, you know, yeah. like, uh, fit to it. I think that uh, I'm glad they went with what they went with because I think it, it suits them very well. Yeah, me too as well. And and hopefully, touch wood, we get something in the future. Look, I, I think it's almost a given, and this is being rather arrogant, um, that, you know, <laughs> we, will, we will get like a, something in the movies, but I'd really love to see another season, like a TV season. Yeah. Um, I mm, mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I honestly, I would be just absolutely flabbergasted if they didn't bring those characters back, at least for something. Um, I yeah. know a lot of people are... Uh, very very keen on having another season and i understand that they if they're going to do that they don't want to announce anything for a while i know the show is up for um some emmy nominations i think that's right yes um and i know it's in that like limited sorry go ahead Mm -hmm. oh no no sorry go on it's in that oh yeah i think uh, yeah it's in the limited series category or something so they can't Mm. they can't have multiple seasons but yeah we'll see maybe maybe they'll do well um at the award ceremony and and be motivated i guess to uh give us more 
I, I like to think that someone is there with their finger over the button and as soon as Oscar <laughs> Isaac wins the award, they're going to go, yep, green light, green light, season two. Oh, season yeah, two, absolutely. So. <laughs> That's like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's hope, loonies, that we, you know, Moon Knight, the TV show, both gets its accolades and we get more content because uh, more is always better uh, than none. Uh, yeah, well, let, let's get into it, Sparky. This is, uh, as I said, a strange one because it, it doesn't involve Moon Knight, but it involves a Moon Knight alumni uh, creator. Um, I'd like to maybe afterwards, Sparky, towards the end, just roughly go through, because I've just got a couple off, off the top of my head of Declan's like works, like his creator-owned works, uh, that might be good recommendations for loony listeners if they want to follow up and look for more Declan Shalvey. Yeah. But um, mm, I know you've probably got some off the top of your head as well. Um, but um, let's stick to a bog at bodies. So this is oh, this was released in May. Uh, sorry, sorry, let me start that again. This was released on May twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Oh, what a terrible, weird time the world was living in. Uh, and we have Declan Shelby, writer, Gavin Fullerton, art, Rebecca Nolte on colours, Clayton Cowles, uh, letterer, and Heather Antos, editor. And this is available. I, um, I've i got my little OGN hard copy of it from Image. And it's also available in digital format if you want to read it on your smart device. Uh, now, Sparky, I haven't asked you beforehand, so I'm going to put you right on the spot. I'm not sure if you still have the prompt sheet handy. Uh, yeah. Cool. Would you be able to read um, – I, I, I couldn't really find a total synopsis. I found two similar paragraphs. So if you can read like one or the other, um, they pretty much sum up the same thing. Sure, sure. Let's see. All right. After bungling a job for a crime boss, Killian wanders through an ancient bog with a pair of aging assassins in close pursuit. When Killian happens across a woman named Neve, who's covered in blood and claims to have no idea how she ended up so far outside the city, the two become unlikely companions. Yeah, so pretty short and sweet. Look, I haven't, I haven't got the whole kind of plot and summary down for you listeners, but don't worry, Sparky and I will be going through this story. Uh, now, for listeners that haven't listened to us before, what Sparky and I will do, we'll go through some key moments. I've just listed some things which kind of popped out as the story progressed. Uh, and then, you know, we'll get into anything, uh, into more detail uh, with things such as writing, art, themes, characterizations, and references. I'd love to kind of go through the characters, Sparky, because, you know, there, there are not hundreds of them. Uh, it's a nice little handful of them. Uh, so it'd be good to kind of get a summation of how how they kind of flesh out. I think Declan does a really good job in developing the characters in, in such a short amount of time. Um, finally, Sparky, we'll cap this off with Connishu's rating system. Now, I'm not sure if you had a little read of the rating levels, um, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll cap that off with a score at the end. I 
I'll be surprised at yours. You can probably see mine in the prompt sheet. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, I yeah. did get a chance to see the rating system. I love it. Awesome. Uh, very on brand. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. Can't thank Connish you enough for that. <laughs> uh, before we before we kick off into any of the key aspects, uh, Sparky, overall, what did you think of Bog Bodies as a whole? Oh gosh, Bog Bodies. Uh, just brutal and chilling. Um, very real. Uh, it, it made me like when I first read it, I closed the book and I just set it down and just sat there for a little while. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, wow. Like what? And it, yeah. it just, it's one of those stories, um, with the ending, the way it's, it's mm. set up, it just makes you immediately go back and want to like yes. kind of rifle through the pages. Like what? Wow. Really? Whoa, I did not even look at things like that. Um, yep. Just, yeah, really, just, it, it really just, like, impressed me. Mm-hmm. I, I had exactly the same reaction about arriving at the ending. It was, it kind of sits with you a little uncomfortably and, yeah. a, and ambiguous enough that you kind of go, hang on, is is this what I suspect it is? And then you go through, you go back and you kind of like, Oh my gosh. And and I guess that's a sign of a great ending because it has an impact because you're kind of like, and you kind of see it. I mean, we'll get to it, but when, when we see more of Maureen and, and inside her house. Right. Um, right. The, yeah. But it kind of creeps up on you. And then the ending is so somber that you kind of like, Oh wow. Okay. This is, this is it. And you kind of hit already by what happens to Killian. So Listeners, oh yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. I mean, in in a nutshell, I thought it was really good. It was very yeah, noir and and very Irish. Um, I'm sure it has a lot of sayings that are very authentic. I mean, of course, Declan uh, is a local in that regards. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we pick, I don't know I've got these key moments here, Sparky. So I don't want to. I'll, I'll save the last bit as you're alluding to the ending because that's a really kind of big, a big moment. Um, the beginning, I think the thing to get things in motion was already pretty good. Um, the, the language is fast and it's uh, it's colourful or foul, shall I say that? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but this thing about straight away you're, you're misdirected with Killian thinking that he's going to go for another hit or another job and we're met with Jerry in the boot. So... Uh, I don't know what do you, what did you think about the establishing uh, the establishment of of the story kind of in this way? Oh, I I really loved it. I thought it was uh, it it tells you a bit about the characters right off the bat, like who they are, like what kind of person they are, uh, with how they speak to each other. Uh, it's just it's so delightful to read through the dialogue uh just look at those word bubbles and kind of feel the the irish flavor you know um just imagining what it sounds like and how it would feel to say it's so satisfying and um yeah just immediately like what it's like page page four i think mm -hmm. wait one it's page six when he mm -hmm. opens up the the hood of the trunk yep. and it's just like a shock like whoa and then just immediately uh seeing him in there uh with the gun in his face 
slamming the trunk down just like Kino. <laughs> you know, like it just <laughs> yeah. it it's so funny to me how this this story at its face is very dire, you know. Uh this mm-hmm. young man, um, he thinks he's doing a job and realizes that he's the job. Um that his his good friend who he's known for a long time uh reluctantly has to try to take him out um but having those little moments of almost humor you know in a in a yes. in a very real way um it's it's just it it adds this level this complexity i think to the the mood of the story um cuz it's very it's very dark like thematically and also visually it's at night Mm. Um, out in the middle of nowhere. So with yeah. the pages, there's not even stars. Like the background mm. is just black. And I think yeah. that that really adds a lot to it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the art as well in these open, opening sequences, the art and the coloring, because it is quite sparse. Uh, and I mean, I've got here as one of the other aspects, it's like the, the bog really has a character of its own. It, it's kind of built up straight away. I think even with... The, um, just having a look. Uh, oh well, maybe it's in the actual synopsis for the the story about, you, you know, you read the back of the novel and it's about this guy and he and he gets kind of he runs into the bog, and he gets lost and so it it, it has this element of you could easily get lost in there and it's a I, I thought it's like very much a character of its own because, it, almost has a really kind of eerie sense to it and and i'm not just saying this because i know what's happened at the end but uh it it has this element of uh for one they dump you know murdered bodies in there it's a bit creepy i guess haunted would be the best kind of thing for it and the fact that you don't see stars it's mostly dark um i think it's really great i think the art is sold really well fullerton does a really good job it's not it's not like declan shelby's work at all but i think he does really well with the characterizations of the the characters. Like oh, the absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just to backtrack a little, I totally agree in terms of the bog. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the as you alluded to, the, the back of the the trade paperback um, mm-hmm. or the, the graphic novel, um, it, it's described as a, a desolate bog that has served as burial grounds for unspeakable murder throughout history. And I think there's something about that legacy of being a place that takes things, um, mm-hmm. like accepts uh, murdered bodies. And even um, in ancient times, um, animals and, and humans that have fallen into the bog even um, and mm-hmm. have just like been trapped there. Um, bogs, uh, from what I understand, they're kind of like a an otherworldly space there's a lot of yeah. uh energy just from just from like knowing the history and sensing um what has taken place there and uh just the 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 just un, untold masses of life forms i guess <laughs> that are there yeah um it's just like a very uh you know, as you said haunting space um that i think just adds so much like i i don't think a lot of this story would hit the way it does if mm-hmm. it wasn't out in the middle of nowhere in ireland oh de- <laughs> at, definitely. At, a, at a bog you know yeah yeah it, it's, it's almost like a 
like a really a sinister quality. Like as you were saying, all these bodies um, go in there, and, and the fact that we see uh, Killian and Neve, they lose their way quickly. It's something that it's almost as if the bog is trying to kind of absorb you you know what i mean like as in yeah you you get lost in it and and then it will just absorb you um in, into itself uh so it has this kind of feel to it which i think is really cool and and it, yeah i think you're absolutely right it's it's a great setting that Del- declan uses um it's a it's a very local thing um uh, so he he must know about these things uh in in ireland uh and it's a great setting for for crime you know you can, oh absolutely yeah yeah um and the art, just sticking with the art again, Fullerton, um, I'm going to jump a little bit to the art and the what I had with characterization. So I was going to ask you, let's do like a quick rundown of the characters. Uh, the easiest one first, I think, Jerry, art-wise, like as you mentioned in that page six when he's in the boot, I think it's really a really good design by Fullerton. He's got that real psycho look. And, yeah. Um, I don't want to like... I don't want to reduce it to uh, facial features because I don't want to offend anyone that has similar facial features, but he's just got this kind of really um, sneer on his face and he's got exaggerated uh, components. Like his ears are quite prominent, right? but he's got this, yeah, he's got this almost like a Joker snarl to him. Yeah, you can see uh, the way his eyes, um, yep. like the, his the, eyes. the space above the pupils um, and the the really wide toothy grin he has as he's pointing that gun up. Like he just looks so like uh, gleeful in, yes. in what he's doing right now, like surprising this young man trying to kill him. Uh, it instantly tells you, uh, yeah, it characterizes um, this character just just mm. perfectly like you you know like what he's about as soon as you see him and he doesn't even say anything yeah i mean, I mean l- later on as well he's very much i guess you you get the sense he's very much um like either a sociopath or a psychopath in in the the fact not so much with killian but with kino like he has at least a working relationship and and some kind of friendship with him but that doesn't even matter to him at the end you know he he kind of offs yeah that offs Kino because no loose ends, he says. And it just shows a lack of emotion or, or any sort of attachment. Uh, so we're he's the easy one to kind of pick because he's really juicy in the fact that, yeah, he's just really evil. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like uh, he's just been in it so long. Uh, yeah. He's he's older than all of them. And they, they mentioned this, that he's like older than all of them and he's just like been in the game for so long and you get that sense that like he could I don't know if he could ever have the moments that Kino does where he knows he has a job to do but he hesitates because he still has that sense of humanity and that connection to people uh, willing to give people chances Um, Mm. yeah he's like Jerry's just like he's he knows what he's about you know he's he's all in yeah, and um, as you mentioned as well, it is true during during this whole uh, story, it's that that kind of quirkiness and that it's almost black. It's like black comedy. Yeah, uh, like with Jerry, we see he kind of gets uh, Killian dead to rights, and then uh, and Neve dead to rights as well. 
but then he kind of slips and falls backwards oh, off the hill. Yeah, yeah, I remember that moment. I I had it's... a guffaw like out loud <laughs> as I was reading this by myself, just like, oh my god, like it's it was so yeah. well timed and just so funny. And I honestly, I think Neve's response, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to kind of rifle through the oh, pages yeah. to find it, but her response afterwards is like. That's the most Irish thing I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> you know? and yes. It's just like, that's so hilarious. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that must be where I picked it on from what Neve said, because there are very, you know, for want of a better term, very Irish moments like that. There's another one where, and again, it's kind of really comedic, where uh, Kino and Jerry are in the car and they're trying to stalk Killian. But Keno just realizes he's kept oh, the, the headlights, headlights on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, yeah, yeah, that's. I think the art really helps with that too because you mm-hmm. have, you have the uh, sort of classic um, wide panel at the top, um, and I say classic as in like I know uh, Gavin Fullerton's the artist on this, but the the panel mm-hmm. layout just rings with a lot of Declan Shalvey's oh. style. Oh, yes. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. it just it suits the story so well. Uh, that wide panel shot with the car at the top. And then mm-hmm. you have like a, a four panel grid in the middle with with uh, Kino and Jerry just sitting there, you know, and they have this <laughs> yeah. these satisfied looks on their faces. We're like, yeah, we're going to get him. Absolutely. He's coming right to us. <laughs> and then there's another panel of just no dialogue, them sitting there. And then immediately the like the last panel um the looks on their faces just like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> yeah 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 like, it's just so funny it, it's really cool i i want to shout out of course as well uh the rebecca nolte i think she's a colorist sorry uh yes yes the, um and because the colors really do sell it as well i mean not only the layout but we see it throughout like here this instance this sequence just the yellow like sparingly used at the top, the top panel. And then you've got the the rear brake lights just lighting up the rear um, the rear window. Um, so you see that red, which is in between both Kino and Jerry as they kind of wait. Uh, yeah, really good. So I think the colors really sp- sparingly used because as you say, it's mostly at night, but you do really see those colors pop when, when they are used, like the bright yellows. Um, you know, when, when headlights flash towards Kino and, and Jerry when they're in the car, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, um, actually, mm-hmm. uh, on those taillights, I, if I recall correctly, the red is really used a lot um, from those taillights, almost oh, exclusively when Ooh, right. Jerry is up to his, his, his ways, you know, um, mm-hmm. being violent trying to kill someone uh shooting at killian um and you can see it if you like go towards the end Mm -hmm. when he's walking up to him with the with the the gun uh and kino and killian were standing um in the back of maureen's house Mm -hmm. like the the, near the cemetery the red isn't there until he shows up and then you can see the tail light as he's walking in and it's always kind of splashing against his face Um, very cool yeah and like you can see the following page where um at the top kino is like listen jer hang on let me try rigging the bish and he's like no no more talking no more calling the boss 
Uh, and you can see, even though Killian's standing right there, um, none of that red is hitting him. It's mostly on Jerry and a little on Kino as he's holding the shotgun. Um, that's, yeah. Yeah, just that's I thought. Of... Yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was really well done. Really great yeah. use of color to tell the story. I yeah, I didn't notice that, but it makes so much sense. Like, it's it really just kind of highlights Jerry, you know, red evil you know gives him kind of a very dare i say like devilish demeanor but it's so cool how that's like a running thread throughout the whole thing and and of course when um towards the end as say when when um jerry offs uh kino i mean that's all red as well yeah yeah a, a, mm, a big moment i like how that was done as well it was very subtle like you know what happened uh but if you look at those panels you see Kino dragging Killian, and and sorry, listeners, we are jumping to and from, so hopefully you've read it um, beforehand. Uh, so Kino is dragging Killian, and he puts him in the boot, and he's almost got this like fetal position um, when he's you know shoved in the boot. It's all in red, and then as he closes, or as he is about to close the the boot of the car, I love it. There's just a spray of blood, which is from Kino. Uh, shot from behind uh, and then he's just kind of lit in red as he as he dies on the ground um, but yeah really great I think the art and colors work so well together oh absolutely I love um, with the inks you can see just how bold some of the brushes are um, particularly in like their facial features for example mm -hmm. like there's finer lines sure but a lot of the key features of the face with their eyebrows and noses um it, the the there's really some bold strokes which i think shows a lot of um it, it speaks to a lot of the kind of brutality and the starkness mm -hmm. of the story yeah. Um, absolutely yeah just really well done mm. and yeah the facial expressions i mean really the the style is a little bit more I guess stylized than obviously your typical uh, comic book artist, uh, but the expressions are all there, like really easily shown. With it's, it's quite good, like Fullerton, with uh, not that much work on the face, you can tell straight away, you know, whether someone's scared or apprehensive, or yeah. you know, just really uh, deep in thought. Um, so that's a good sign, I think, of an artist to be able to convey that just with the face. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, sticking or, or going on to, because we were talking about Jerry, like Kino, I think is another uh, another great character fleshed out uh, in such a short span of time. As you mentioned, Sparky, he's reluctant. He he has like sympathy, at least for, for Killian. And we see many times throughout the story, even when he's talking to the bishop, that he wants to like try to, skirt around this whole fact of actually offing Killian. It's like, can we just lose him in the bog? Maybe he'll kill himself there. Is that right. okay? Yeah. yeah. Like, do we have yeah. to do it? We could just let him, let him go out. I mean, he's in the bog. It's going to get him, you know? Yeah. And even when he meets Killian at the, towards the end, he gives him really just hands him the gun going, Oh, just take the gun. And Killian's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just how he, he, I feel like Kino, 
Um, if it wasn't going to happen now, it would certainly happen later where he comes to a point where he's just done with, with yeah. this life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it, it was just a, a really poignant scene um, surrounded by the darkness of the bog and the, the quiet uh, kind of crooked gravestones. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just really, a really wonderful scene and you keep saying that it's like in a in just a short amount of time um it really is it does feel like just a quick little story just contained so tightly in this expansive space of the bog um and and maureen's house and it felt like i felt like a i want to I don't want to say play just because a play is normally even more contained, like on a stage, of course, mm -hmm. but it, it had this sort of like contains a short story style where you, there's so much packed in in just a small amount of time and there's a lot to chew on and it, it just makes it so satisfying to go through this, this graphic novel and, Again, like uh, when you finish it, you just want to go back and look through it again and just be like, wow, really? This whole time? Like, yeah, yeah. just really impressive. Yeah, it's it certainly is. And and I think it's, I mean, I maybe it's the, the actual durational length of the, the novel or maybe it's because I read it in like one sitting, which you can easily do. It's not like, oh yeah, you know, it's not like, a, it's not like 12 issues of a, of an arc or something. Uh, it, you certainly can go through it, but yeah, I mean, it is packed with a lot of stuff and I think it's the, a testament to what Shelby's able to do with the characters that actually give this, um, give this momentum, like th this story, because, the story is the concept is uh is pretty straightforward you know you know apart yeah. from some twists and turns um it's about like this guy that has been targeted by the the boss to to be offed and he just gets lost in the forest um and as you say it's a play like he finds a house and th there's only like five like five cast members yeah uh, it, it's it does have that quality um but there's so much in, in it i think i think it was really really cool even the fact that uh maureen or, or who they come across in the house she's the mum of kino so you i think uh i think she's his aunt oh aunt, aunt, sorry yeah. aunt yeah say yes, aunt um but yeah but you with all this kind of thing like happening for kino i found he, he immediately becomes really accessible and you become sympathetic or empathetic towards him because he's actually got some emotions, you know? Yeah. It, it makes him an interesting character and, and all, all the more tragic towards the end as well, because uh, it's not only Killian that, you know, that gets killed. Uh, Kino's, you know, left for dead too. Like he's, he's left in the bog. I mean, is part of the bog too. Right, right. And I guess on that note, um, it might yeah. be fun to finally uh, talk more <laughs> more plainly about what we've been kind of uh, dancing around in terms of characters that are left in the bog. Uh, Neve. Yeah, Neve. So what a, a weird character. <laughs> this, well, when I first, uh, because it's great. I mean, she, she accompanies Killian. He, he finds her deep in the bog. She's kind of scuffed up, um, hurt, but she has, 
she has some ticker to her as well. She immediately calls him a pedo. I know. know. She, I was yeah. just, I was just kind of like, wow, this girl, like here's this young man who finds her. She's lost and alone. And she's just yeah. like going into him, like right from the bat, just giving him hell, uh, which was just so funny. She had so much, uh, I don't know if I, I should call it just just spunk. That doesn't seem strong enough. It's just like yeah. real piss and vinegar, you know. Yes. Just like oh, just that's really, even better. Yeah, you know, she's just so she's just really laying into him. It's so funny. Um, mm. Just a lot, a, a lot of personality. Mm. And, and I'm not too sure. I um, I might be assuming, but yeah, she has that fire in the belly, which I think yeah. um, a lot of Irish people have, you know, so she's, <laughs> that, she's very, she's very passionate in that sense. Uh, yeah. And that kind of, it comes off like in, in how she treats Killian uh, and how she treats like, what, what she thinks of Jerry and all that. She's like very kind of um, in your face in that sense. But the big twist, as you're saying, uh, Sparky, and we get a sense of it slowly. And again, it's the red, like you're talking about Jerry with the red, I don't know if that's maybe I didn't notice it until later, but she's her red on her face starts to become more prominent. Yeah, I feel like when you first see her, uh, she she seems to have some kind of like her eye is swollen, um, mm-hmm. her left eye, and there's red on her face. So you're assuming like, oh, maybe she fell, um, yeah. hit her head or something. She's in trouble. And as you're going through the story, um, She's only speaking to Killian, really. It's just the two of them running away, trying to evade Kino and Jerry. Um, And then, interestingly, as you've mentioned, Maureen's house, Maureen uh, being like the elderly uh, aunt of of Kino, who clearly has some kind of dementia or something. Mm -hmm. Um, When you see, she keeps talking about we... She says we a lot, as in um, like her and these guests that aren't there. Uh, but mm-hmm. then in that full page panel, we see um, her say, you won't hear a peep out of us. And in her home, there are these figures standing there. And they all, or mostly, a lot of them seem to have that same kind of uh, red spatter mm-hmm. on their faces, a lot like uh, Neve. Mm-hmm. And then immediately on the following page, you see her looking out. She's really the only other character that has been mentioning Neve even or like talking to her. And then you yeah. see these other figures standing in the cemetery and you like Neve standing there and she she touches the the wound on her face. And it's just like, oh, my God, is that, is that what I think it is? Like, is she... Mm. Is that what's going on? Like, it was just really, <laughs> yeah. like, and at first, I, when I first read that, I, I really thought, like, oh, well, maybe, like, she can't see these, maybe these are ghosts or something, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. only Maureen can see them, and Neve can't see that they're there, and maybe it's just, they're connecting it somehow. It wasn't, it, yeah. it wasn't really quite hitting me, yet it wasn't until later when uh, Killian is finally killed. And he's laying yeah. on the ground and you can see it's through his eye and it, yes. it echoes in, in the page there. It echoes the same kind of wound that Neve has in terms of her eye being closed. Um, mm. And I thought it was interesting as you continue on, she's standing right there looking at Killian 
laying there dead and Kino and Jerry don't even notice her, you know, they don't yes. even talk to her or look at her. There's no mention of her. Like you'd think that they would know loose ends, right? Like he would have to kill her too, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. And I, I, that's when I started to really feel like, is she even there? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, it was, it was at this point that I'm kind of going back and what I what I did was I went back to when Killian and Neve were running, and it was that kind of uh, uh, what was it like kind of like the sixth sense. I was like having a look, having to look to see if she actually interacted with Jerry or anyone at all. And it's like it's so well done that you kind of think that she is part of the whole scene, but she could easily not be, you know. Um, right. And absolutely. It's, it's, mm, and then. Looking back at the very first page, it talks about a missing girl, Neil uh, Neve Madigan. Uh, um, yeah, Madigan, a woman in her twenties. Uh, she went. Di- she disappeared. Uh, so that was. I went back to that, going, okay. So my gosh, this is probably her, right? And oh uh, yeah, well, when when yeah. I I first read that that panel, the the news segment about the missing girl, and then I saw it when Killian meets her. Um, I was like, oh, there she is. Like, that's Neve. Like, yeah. And I thought like, oh, he found her. Like, she's been missing. And here yeah. she is. But then at the end, you, it, it's heavily implied, obviously, that yes. like, oh, she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. Which is a, as such a, I mean, and again, looking back at the thing, I went back to, to Maureen and her first encounter and because she sees Neve, you know, and that's what kind of. Uh, puts you off because when they go to the house, she addresses Neve. And so you think, yeah, she's got to be alive, right? And until you find out later, because she said, oh, I remember you now. You must be frozen. So she's talking to about Neve here. Uh, yeah. So she's seen her before. She must have come to the house before once she died. And then she must have wandered out. Yeah. I, well, I'm yeah. thinking, um, and I don't know if you've considered this or if, if I'm making too many connections here, but um, the reason they're trying to kill Killian is because he grabbed the wrong girl, basically. He was meant to kill a certain girl. I think that even worked at the same place Neve did mm-hmm. um, and grabbed her instead and killed oh, her. Oh, okay. He killed, like, that's the whole point. He killed the wrong person. And so they said, like, you killed a civilian. That was the wrong person. Yes. And that's why yeah. he needs to be taken out. And I feel like he killed her and yep. and they brought her body, as they do, to the bog. And the bog. that's where Maureen saw her. And she even, at the end, Neve goes into the cemetery there and like lays down amongst yes. the graves. Um, really great shot. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious, like, does Killian's just, does he just not say anything? Does he know that she's yeah. not real? Like, it, it, it's so many questions, ah, you know? Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point because did, it did come across my mind, but I did think, wouldn't he have recognized her? Like, wouldn't he be crapping his pants going, oh, right. my gosh, what you doing here? Like, I just killed her. But, you know, there are so many questions. Like, he could have killed her and not really seen her face. Or, as you say, he could be accepting the fact that she's – past and he's just he's running around with the ghost because he's really um he sounds very defeated Killian like there's a whole monologue about him just and he's I, I put him down as a character he's totally luckless and he's not the brightest as well and he just is 
someone who's gotten the the bad end of everything his whole life. Uh, so maybe that weighs part of it why he probably recognize her and go oh, stop it i'm 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 headed towards the bog myself you know i'm, I'm headed towards yeah. oblivion maybe um i remember in in the second read through i went through it again and i remember at first the first time i read it i i was curious about this bit of dialogue but i kind of just there's so much going on um in the dialogue that i just kind of passed it um when he's talking to kino and the cemetery before, or actually, I think, yeah, it's after Jerry has arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, Killian asks, like, what if, what if there was a way to fix all this? What if she yes. wasn't dead at all? Mm-hmm. And then Kino immediately responds with like, you know, like, oh, anger, bargaining, the, the five stages of grief over here, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I got this sense the second time that's like, oh, I think that that's clearly him or maybe not as not quite as clearly, um, but that seems to heavily imply that he was at least thinking about Neve, as in the girl who he killed. Yeah, that like maybe she's not dead because he's been with her this whole time, but I don't know if he really believes uh, that. I yeah. I think that again, as you as you said, I think that just might be an indication of him kind of coming to this point where he realizes that like he's he's coming to his end and he mm. has felt sort of this like desolate despair um and that's just him kind of reaching out in a way um yeah any kind of chance maybe like i, I don't know it's just so it, it is really ambiguous but i feel like it points mm. to a lot of that kind of stuff that makes you think and i i love that i love that idea of like you read it and you're like oh well surely that means this right but yeah. you can't really say a hundred percent because it's so it's so ambiguous it, give, it leaves so much room for other yeah. interpretations um which is really fascinating yeah. I, yeah I say this in the best possible way but yeah it, it, it the way it's kind of framed shelby does it he doesn't um commit like to and I say this in the best way, <laughs> like he doesn't commit to to anything. So it's everything is left, you know, everything's left for you to kind of put two and two together to kind of stitch it together. And I, I think that's one of the, the big strengths of this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It is worth like rereading and going through again, just trying to find these little, you've raised points that I didn't consider. And I think, yes, that's really cool. Like a cool way of thinking about it. Because I don't know about you, did you ever expect Killian to die in this? I actually, I was hoping he'd get away. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I kind yeah. of feel. Um, you do, you do want the the main character often to to survive. You know, like he's the hero mm-hmm. of the story in a sense. Like you, you instinctively, I think we do want that happy ending. But yeah. there's something about this particular story. Um, I didn't know what to expect and the way it ends, I really feel like it couldn't have been any other way. Oh yeah. I totally agree as well. I'm not, yeah, definitely not saying that it should be written that he survives, but I, I guess it was, it had even that more impact. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh gosh, he, this is such a dark thing. As you said, he, he doesn't make it and, and Kino doesn't make it and Neve's dead. Yeah. Like it's such like... a, 
the the <laughs> only person man. who makes it out is the one character that like you're kind of made to really fear and dislike the most you know mm. and that's like, the annoying thing you know how all the bad <laughs> guy kind of like gets away but again yeah. annoying thing in but so i love it i love the way that it, it, it kind of does that and it really bog bodies really does um, manipulate your your emotions and and subvert your expectations uh, truly i mean absolutely uh, and i don't think it lessens any so on rereads it's not like you know you, you read a, a mystery novel and you know who did it at the end and it's not as fun anymore because because you can kind of look back and you can theorize about what really was Killian thinking like what really happened to Neve? Is there a connection between Neve and Killian? All that sort of stuff. It's right. It's really good, really good stuff. Uh, any any final thoughts uh, here, Sparky? Before we give this a a rating, I think that this is a one of those great stories that you can pick up. And I guess um, just to echo. Uh, on the on the back, you can see a lot of the other uh, creators who have left like reviews and have said things. Um, Jeff Lemire saying "Bog Bodies" is exactly the kind of comic I wish there were more of. Um, I have the same sentiment towards it. It's mm-hmm. uh, as he says, like grounded and deeply human, but also totally haunting. Um, and I agree. It's just one of those stories that's like, it's not just about a. a a job gone wrong and a young man who's trying to escape these assailants it's it's about so much more in terms of i think like our humanity and our 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 fears and uh just the the cycle of life and history uh particularly in a place like this this irish bog um mm-hmm. and like the history of the bog bodies themselves it's just really really well done um yeah i i loved it yeah i, I couldn't agree more as well I, I think that on the surface level what you get is like a crime noir thing but there's just so much more to it with the characters and i think the the economy that uh shelby brings to the characters and to develop them in a short space of time and in such a, a constrained uh, environment I think it was fantastic and, and giving that kind of supernatural element as well it, it's very much a street level thing but just injecting just subtly that little supernatural element towards the end was really good oh yeah um, I agree yep so out of the Connish's rating system Sparky what would you give this bog bodies from 2020 oh man I gotta give it a full moon all the way oh. nine out of ten <laughs> nice so that is a full moon from Sparky Malaki I'm just I'm punching that into the archives now just for my records. So a full moon, 9 out of 10. Look, I'm, I'm going to give it a, v- a very solid 8 out of 10. I think um, it has way more strength than I'm about to say weakness, but I can't really fault much of it. Uh, it it's uh, it's great. It's just delicious, deliciously ambiguous, um, but it's intended to be so for you to kind of – you to kind of ruminate and work with what it is. So, um, yeah, so that's um, a, a, an 8 out of 10. Uh, I don't know what I'd take the two marks off, but um, I'll, uh, uh, I'll just I, – I guess I'm treading carefully, Sparky. This is one of many other, other sides of the moon, so I just want to give myself some wiggle room. But, I, 
you know, nine out of 10, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally understandable. <laughs> uh, well, that pretty much wraps us for this episode. Sparky, a huge thank you for uh, for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to chat about bog bodies, to chat about a non-Moon Knight thing, but it is kind of because of Declan Shelby. Uh, but thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed it, and it was such a delight to talk to you. Yeah, it's uh, likewise as well. The door is open. If ever you need to come back or want to come back to Grant Mansion, please do so. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll be happy to have you on board. Uh, so, yeah, uh, any uh, shout-outs that you'd like to, to give Sparky? Uh, can, can people contact you, find you on Twitter and such? Oh, sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yep, I'm Sparky Malarkey um, on Twitter and Instagram, just um, at Sparky Malarkey. Um, no underscore or anything. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I talk a lot about comics and my life, and um, I'm always open to chatting and uh, talking to other people about comics and their lives too. <laughs> yes, Spucky is awesome. Go check her out on Twitter. Uh, details in the show notes as well uh, to make it a lot easier for you, loonies. If you want to uh, touch base with Sparky, chat more, Declan Shelby, chat more bog bodies. Uh, it's all, yeah, it's all up there. Rife for speculation, speculation. <laughs> um, a big, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, next phase, episode 290. It is going to be another big one. It's a moonshine. We have Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood out, issue two. So I believe the writers, a couple of the writers there will be Benjamin Percy and David Paposa. So go check that out. We'll be reviewing that hot off the press, hopefully uh, shortly after it releases. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be 290. I'll see if I can uh, grab Rebecca. Uh, that'll be fun. Always fun to do that with with her. As well, a big thank you to our Patronis. I want to give a shout-out to Odin, Daniel, Drew, Frank, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Mario, Gavin, and Matthew. Uh, and if you check out patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight, uh, you, could, you too can become a Patreon member. A big apology to Odin, Odin Sword. Sorry, I had kind of teared Odin to come up as well to join us, um, but uh, was not able to make that happen. So hopefully, Odin, we can get you on for another show. Uh, sponsors, sponsors also, CLZ Comics. Check out collectors.com. Check out Frank the Think Tank on Instagram, Moon Knight Visions with a Z, uh, Daniel Doing's Fringe Night. Support that at patreon.com slash fringe night 27. And Drew Tombs, his fantastic music on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z, or Lurk Music. And that's on Bandcamp, lurkmusic with a ck.bandcamp.com. And finally, Dreamland Comics, use the code moon and you get 20% off. Uh, so yeah, uh, fantastic stuff there. Finally, uh, we we are part of it, the collective. So many great shows there. Uh, EMP Earth's Mightiest Podcast. Uh, I'm your target demographic. That's on YouTube and Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. All good stuff. Check out the link to all the collective shows. They're all worthwhile. Uh, finally, you can email us at feedback at itkmoonot.com. We've got a website itkmoonot.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. Uh, and Podchaser, and incidentally, any reviews will be greatly appreciated. Uh, even 
you know, even bad ones, we, we like to learn how we can improve the show. Uh, before I forget, of course, I just want to give a shout out to Declan Shelby's other stuff, uh, Sparky, and maybe some recommendations on your behalf. Uh, his Time Before Time I'm reading is fantastic. It's more sci-fi based, um, fantastic kind of weird time traveling shenanigans in shoe. I'm only halfway through that. And um, I want to give a shout out to his upcoming old dog. Uh, he uh, Declan says he goes back to his roots. It's a lot more street level, a lot more violence, a lot more action. I can't wait for that. But um, do you have any other recommendations, Sparky? Oh, yes. Um, you mentioned uh, Time Before Time. Uh, yeah, lots of fun uh, time hopping shenanigans. Um, <laughs> I, I'm also very excited for Old Dog. I've been kind of following any sort of uh, tidbits that we've been shown. It looks really good. Uh, I also have to say that I really enjoyed Savage Town, which again yes. is a, a, a graphic novel uh, by Declan that has a lot of uh, that sort of like authentic Irish storytelling characters, uh, really good. And I also, I, I was really blown away by how much I loved his Marvel Infinity comic uh, special with Banshee that he oh, wow. released I think it was actually this last St. Patrick's Day around that time oh. it was like uh, on the I think it's I think it's just on the Marvel Infinity or the Unlimited app right now Marvel mm -hmm. Unlimited but there was this Infinity comic and of course those are the ones where you just kind of like keep scrolling it's not in that mm -hmm. sort of traditional comic format and it was like I'm not Admittedly, I'm not big on X-Men in terms of, like, I don't read a lot of X-Men, but I am familiar with the characters. Um, just like working at a comic book shop, you kind of have to be. And <laughs> I was like, okay, it's by deck. Let me check it out. It was, despite, like, the having all the colorful trappings of a, an X-Men character, I mean, Banshee's costume is really loud, you know, like, which yeah. is fitting for the character, of course. Um, but it had so much heart. I actually right. had mo like moments where I was like, oh, like this is really touching. And I'm even cool. getting a little misty eyed. Like this is such a great story. Wow. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. So if you if any of you have the Marvel Unlimited app, definitely check it out. A great recommendation there. I'm going to go check it out as well. I love Banshee, Sean Cassidy. I think he's been it's been criminal that he hasn't yeah he's back now but he'd been absent for a long time uh, yeah wow but yeah worth checking out for sure so listeners again i'll, I'll list all of these in the show notes uh, go check in check it out let declan know what you think of all his work as well he's on twitter i'll, I'll drop a, a tweet twitter account of his there as well but once again a huge thank you for joining us um and and sparky i hope you get some rest well-earned rest thank you i appreciate that no worries. And as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.
Hey everyone, this is Brian, the host of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And since 2017, Inner Demons has been the best place on the web for news, reviews, and regular discussion with our listeners about Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers, as well as on Twitter, at InnerDemonsGR. Remember, listening to your Inner Demons is not always a bad thing. Ride on.